0: Welcome to the podcast. My name's Ian. And my name's Tony,
1: and this is Tennis Today. Oh! about <laughs> that? I was going to say, there are moments when he switched off, and he switched off, but then he produces a shot line.
0: Uh Tony, so we got a bonus episode here, one that you and I have been talking about for two or three weeks now. Um I am so excited to get into this. Are you?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. We've got we've got a lot, uh we've got a lot coming your way very soon.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm like just thinking about this and reading over the notes and typing this up with the you like the last couple of days is getting me so excited to get out there and you know, it's already like on my calendar every single year going out to Indian Wells, but um I'm just I can't wait and I can't wait to go through all these notes with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. it's uh this is for Southern California, this is the best time of year, just uh a lot going on, a lot right on the round around the corner, amateur tennis, professional tennis, um yeah, man. Where do you want to start?
0: Well, um I mean, we got a, a lot of different directions that we can go in. Um, so basically the theme of this episode is, so you're, you're heading to Indian Wells for the BNP Paribas open, um, and you need some tips on how to go about it. Now I've been going for the last two or three years. Uh, Tony, how long, how many times have you been out there?
1: Um, like consistently since the, the first one after the pandemic. So what was that the October or November one? Mm -hmm. And I had been a few times before just kind of sporadically, but I've been every year since 2020, basically.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. We had tickets in 2020 to go and then it got canceled and we still had our Airbnb. So we still went out there and hung out and it was, uh, our like COVID story of like everybody in LA was freaking out cause grocery stores were closing. Um, and we ended up having to leave Palm Springs and go back and, um, oh, but yeah, so I've been going every year since then as well. So
1: nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was literally, I remember that they were still there. They had all showed up and then they just decided like, all right, we got to shut this down. Yep. Yeah. The day before
0: wow. they made the announcement. Yep. Wow. Um, so we're going to go through our tips for Indian Wells. Um, but we're going to start by mentioning some of the other events. You, you talked about this being, uh, such a crazy time of the year for tennis in Southern California. So we're going to start by talking about some of the other events that precede the tournament um, and things that are happening during or around the tournament. Um, And then we're going to go into our tips for BNP Paribas open itself. Um, So the rundown for the schedule starting this upcoming Monday, February 26th is the San Diego open Um, that runs until Sunday, March 3rd. That's at the Barnes tennis center down in San Diego, Um, the draw used to basically be like a mini WTA finals. It was almost the entire top 10 that was there this year. The draw is a little bit weaker. Um, top player is Pagula. And the only other player that was in the top 10 was Mukova. But I just saw that she posted with a, uh, she had a wrist surgery. So it's likely that she's out. Um, so only one top 10 player there right now, which is a a bit of a bummer for an event that was really starting to find its footing. Um, We both got media credentials. I don't think I'm going to make it out there, but you've been there before. What's uh what San Diego Open like and what's Bard Tennis Center like?
1: Uh it's great. The the tennis center is almost it's very low key. It's not really like even a tennis club. It's I don't, it's not a public uh facility, but it's pretty much like a public facility basically mm-hmm. where there's they just have a ton of courts. They've got pickleball, they've got paddle They've got junior programs. They've got clay courts. It's uh, just a really big sprawling place down in San Diego over by um, SeaWorld, basically. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a really fun tournament to go to, as you said, in years past. It was scheduled later in the season to where it was pretty much, I think the best year was when it was just before the WTA finals, which was in Dallas. So pretty much anyone that was playing in the WTA finals was in San Diego as a warm-up mm-hmm. event. And, uh, yeah, it's such a cool venue. The tickets are very inexpensive. I mean, like, front row, main court for 65 to $70. Um, and then there's, they just play on that stadium. And then another court, which is general admission, which we'll talk about later, how to get good seats there. But for Bang for Your Buck, it was, like, one of the best events that I've been to. Not a lot, like, amenities-wise, because it's just basically going to the court. But, like, player interaction autographs pictures it's it's definitely the easiest
0: nice yeah Um, bummed i'm not going to get down there for it because it's been coming it's been going there for the last few years and um you know i've seen you posting from there and the access that you have to the players so definitely bummed that i'm not going to get there um but San Diego open wraps up the day before the qualifying rounds at Indian Wells begins. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a little bit of an overlap there Uh, on the amateur side, uh, low desert open, which is something that I've posted about on 40 love. Um, So from Friday, March 1st to Sunday, March 3rd. So three day overlap with San Diego open. My plan was to meet you in San Diego and then head out to low desert open for a couple of days. I, I usually go to that every year, but just too much driving for me this year. Um, the Low Desert Open is a tournament that's organized at the courts in Borrego Springs. Um, some friends of ours own that. Uh, it's four tennis courts in the middle of the desert, quite literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, pool, jacuzzi, clubhouse, uh, a half basketball court, um, amazing place. Like it's it's tennis heaven for me. It's it's uh, it, it's definitely. Um, unique in its own way. Just, they've got the courts all painted different colors. They're a very artistic couple and they've kind of put their own personality into the clubhouse and um, they have merch and stuff like that. It's amazing. And and I definitely credit them for um, being people that have like really helped connect the SoCal tennis community. A lot of the people, really good friends of mine, people that I've become friends with in the tennis world down here, um, have really all kind of stemmed from that connection at the courts. I know you haven't been out there yet. Um, it's awesome. They've got a couple RVs that people, uh, you can rent out. They're only open on the weekends. They're closed in the summer cause it's way too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, they invite camping for the low desert open. They have food sponsors and it's just become a really, really high quality, uh, amateur tennis event. Um, where some of the players that are actually winning the tournament every single year or like former D one D two players. Um, so the tennis is great, but you know, they're playing music. It's super chill. It's a lot <laughs> of people, our own age. Um, just very different take on a, on a tennis tournament. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, but I'm bummed. I don't know if I'm going to get out there. I got a couple friends that are playing in it. A friend of mine who's, um, defending her title there um (laughs) but i uh i don't think i'm gonna make it out there this year but definitely uh worth the stop for anybody that's traveling through
1: absolutely if you look at uh any of the major tennis brands it feels like uh all of them had made a stop there at one point or another to do their photo shoot it's uh, very distinct very aesthetic they do a great job and i love that you mentioned that just the the connections that they create for people because i've never been there but they every summer do a uh a ladder. I think they call it summer smash or summer slam or something like that. And uh, I'm usually in the mix on that. And I've just met so many people through that. Um, yeah. Shout out to the courts. Uh, I'll get yeah. there someday. Yeah.
0: Great people. Um, and yeah, it's kind of smack dab in the middle there. I used to do low desert open, stay there a couple of days and then do the drive over to Indian Wells and do the first week of Indian Wells this year. I'm doing it a little bit differently, which is why I had mm-hmm. to, had to kind of make my choices. Um, one more event on March 3rd. So you've got three finals happening, you got a low desert open. You've got San Diego open. Uh, and then you got the Netflix slam. So it's not Southern California, but I did bring it up because Vegas is kind of like our playground, our backyard. A lot of people from uh, L.A. and Southern California who go out there. Um, so the Netflix Slam is happening at the Mandalay Bay Resort. It's the first live streamed Netflix ten- ex- tennis uh, exhibition match, and it's going to be between Nadal and Alcarez. But as you and I were just talking before hopping Breaking on, loose. yeah, Alcaraz rolled his ankle two points into his match in Rio. Um, so something to watch there, both for anybody looking to go to the Netflix Slam and for people hoping to see him at Indian Wells.
1: Yeah, uh like you said before we uh went on the air it's like they're technically both injured at the moment. <laughs> they're both question marks. So what's what's the status of things? Uh we saw the video of Carlos it doesn't look like as bad as you know the still image looked. Um and then obviously Rafa's posted a few videos of him practicing this week. So uh fingers crossed I'm sure that's still going to be on uh one way or another. Yeah,
0: too much marketing going into it and the cost and production to put it together. Um, yeah. they're not going to be the only two players that are there to, um, Fritz, Isner, Tiafo, and query. I saw posted that they're doing an yeah. ACE challenge. Like, what does that mean? They're.
1: Oh man. Really? I didn't see that. Okay. That's what they,
0: that's what they called it. I don't know what that means though. I mean, query hasn't played tennis in a while. He's, oh, wow. um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, They called it the ACE challenge at, at least on the post. I don't know what that means Interesting. though. Interesting. Yeah, that
1: would be something if they just get like amateur people out there and like how many aces can you wrap up against (laughs) 4-0s? Yeah, I don't want to
0: stand on the other side of an Isner serve.
1: Oh man, I tried to return Shelton's serve in New York and uh, it made a fool out of me. I shanked it right out of the court. It was awful. Uh,
0: A couple other players are going to be there. The Bryan brothers are going to be there. Uh, Jeannie Bouchard and Asia Muhammad, they're playing in a mixed doubles match. Um, so yeah, that's Sunday, March 3rd. And that kind of wraps up the week leading up to Indian Wells. Cause like I mentioned, Indian Wells and BNP Paribas open, uh, the qualifying round start Monday, the 4th. Um, there's one more event that kind of overlaps with it. Um, and they're kind of in partnership with, with BNP Paribas. So they have the desert smash, which is happening at La Quinta Resort. So that's, oh, yes. um, a two day event, Monday, March 4th and Tuesday, March 5th. So a lot of the players that are playing uh, some of the top players that are playing at Indian Wells go there for a two day charity event. Um, It's kind of like a mixer. There's like Hollywood celebrities there. I think like Charlize Theron is there this year. Last year it was pink. Um, So yeah, it's kind of like a mixer with uh, celebrities. Um, This year it's rude. Curios, Warenka, uh, Vekic, Azarenka. Um, There's multiple events over the course of those two days. They have pro clinics, um, they're serving food, there's dinners, um, live music, they have a live ball clinic, and then they do actual like celebrity matches and, um, and have the pros play exhibition matches. So um, those are happening in the two days um, over the course of the day and into the evening over at La Quinta Resort right next door to BNP Paribas. Did you go to that one last year?
1: I was there. It was a good time. That was uh, actually, so that was a f- about a month and a half after I had surgery. It was the last day I had a cast on my arm. Mm. Uh, and I was just, I remember being out there like taking pictures with Francis and Casper and I've just got this huge cast on my arm. And they're like <laughs> what's going on? I'm like, dude, it's coming off tomorrow. Yeah. Um, anyways, good time out there. It nice. was uh, pink was, you know, emceeing and you know it was it's it's a good time if you're out in the desert and you know looking for just opportunities to meet players and just get you know good face time uh that's a good one to be at
0: yeah yeah and then um there's another charity event happening uh tuesday march 5th and this one's actually organized by the bnp pariba open it's the eisenhower cup i've never oh, yeah. actually been to it Um, they always have a great, like a crazy lineup of players. Like all of the top players are there. I didn't even list them on my note because it was just it was everybody. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, you know, I have Iga Taylor Fritz, Sabalenka, Shelton, Pagula, Tiafo, just, I mean, everybody, her cash, it's, it's everybody. Um, they host it in the Indian Wells tennis garden. Um, it's happening on stadium two. It's at 7 PM, uh, on Tuesday, March 5th. So, um, The last day of the, uh, or actually qualifying might go through Wednesday or the men's qualifying goes to Wednesday, but the women's ends on that Tuesday. So, um, starts at like 50 bucks for a ticket, which is considering the the players that you're going to see. It's a mixed doubles charity event, you know, fun. Again, we talked about exhibition matches a couple episodes ago. Um, great, great access to the players and you, you know, they usually have the mics on and you kind of hear them goofing off and talking with one another, which is cool. But have you, have you been to that
1: one yet? No, it's always been something where just logistically for me, it's like, all right, if I'm going to go out there and if I'm going to stay, like, how early do I go? And I usually try to stay for, like, uh, which we'll get get into into the second Monday, Tuesday of the tournament. So just too early for me to get out there. But, um, yeah, looks like a good time. I've seen a bunch of videos from it. And like you said, they're mic'd up. And it's, uh, yeah, if you're going to be out there early, I would definitely recommend checking that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's too many evening matches happening. They kind of wrap up the qualifying pretty early. So, um, you know, you're not going to miss anything by going to that. So Yeah. Um, So then, yeah, so BNP Paribas Open runs uh, Monday, March 4th through Sunday, March 17th. So we just talked about all those events that are kind of leading up to it. Maybe you're coming into Southern California and you're trying to stack some events, a bunch of them there to choose from. Um, you're not going to miss a lot of the, uh, you know, any, any of the matches going into the first or second round of Indian Wells. So um, definitely ways of kind of planning your week and figuring out what you want to do. Um, there's one more event that's happening uh, smack dab in the middle of Indian Wells, uh, which is the live ball event uh, in collaboration oh, with yeah. brain dead over at uh mission Hills country club. So that's happening Sunday, March 10th. So smack dab in the middle of the tournament, um, live ball, which we've talked about on here, the group that runs it is LVBL, uh, they're down in LA and they've been spreading out a little bit more and kind of moving the tournament around the to different areas. You and I have both organized one at our, uh, home courts, you know, you yeah. at Newport beach, me up here in Ojai and Libby park. Um, but yeah, they're a group, they do uh live ball in LA, They're expanding huge community of players again, really, really, really fun. Kind of the vibe of like a tennis party. There's usually food and music and, you know, a DJ and all of that sponsors. Um, they do weekly live balls all around LA at all different venues that you can sign up for, but they always have one tournament a month and the tournament is a much bigger pool of players. Um, typically 50 plus, you know, almost maybe 80 players, depending on how many courts they have. Um, And then there's, you know, really great prizes, uh, you know, for the first, for for the first second and third and all the brackets um, from all the different sponsors. Um, The cool thing about this one is it's being played on all three court surfaces. So mission Hills is the original location of the Indian Wells tennis tournament before it got moved to Indian Wells tennis garden. Um, They have grass, clay, and hard courts. So super cool. They're going to have the entire live ball tournament where you get to rotate and play on all three surfaces. Um, I grew up playing on clay a little bit. Um, We had two at my club in Canada. Uh, I've never played on grass, though. Have you?
1: Yeah, I've actually done a three-surface like hit uh before when I was in New York recently so no I'm kidding. Uh, I'm dialed in I'm ready to go <laughs> but uh but yeah I've nice. I've hit on grass it's uh it's weird it's very weird it's so much fun
0: well I'm definitely going to check that out I'll probably see you there um I don't know if I'm going to play in it but I might just like goof off on the court a little just to say that I have um <laughs> nice. but uh they're also dropping a Brain Dead collaboration for apparel which is pretty cool um, Brain Dead's also done stuff with Prince in the past, so um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of um, you know, tennis capsule they're going to release for this. But um, you know, our friends over there putting it together, so definitely going to check it out.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, for those of you that don't know, live ball tournament is basically you get a bib with a number on it, like you're running a marathon, and as you're playing, you know, this kind of King of the Court style game, every time you're on the King side, there's a, a spotter marking down tallying up every time you win if you do well you advance out of the first group into the next into the next and they're going to do this across all three services uh every time i've done one uh i've had such a good time like you said it's a party um you know obviously you're playing doubles without serving but because you're not serving it's kind of accessible to everyone you mm-hmm. know you don't have to worry about like double faulting you're just out there grinding playing points high volume of points it's a, uh, it's going to be a good day i think i'm going to try to play um I'm so, well, I'm just, I'm so bad
0: at live ball. <laughs> I
1: gotta say it. Like I, I, I love it. I do have fun with it. And when
0: we've got a big yeah. group, like just the other day on, on Saturday, I told you yeah, we got yeah, you like seven people together and did it. I'm just like, I'm so bad. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I don't know why man. I can't do it, but
1: throw you on some grass and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, oh man. There's going to be some, some falls for sure. I, yeah. I, I fell so many times when I played on the, on the grass. It was because it,
0: because the use like slip.
1: Yeah. You start, like, mm. if you get out, like, going out wide to, like, your forehand, you know, you can usually stop yourself on your right foot, but, like, I tried to do that and push off and go back, and I just, like, uh, went right out from underneath me. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. <laughs> nice.
0: Um, so, yeah, stacked. I mean, so yep. many events down. leading into Indian Wells, um, you know, choose wisely, I guess. I don't know. There's just, there's so much to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I wanted to, like, I was kind of looking at the next two weeks for myself and being like okay if i go to san diego for these two days then i can drive to low desert open and go here and i'm like you know what i gotta i need to reel this in because this yeah. could eat up three weeks of the month basically
1: oh yeah yeah um, i i had every intention of like oh gonna get credentials for al capuco los cabos san diego indian wells miami and then i like looked at it i was like i have no budget for any of this like i'm gonna i'm gonna choose wisely basically yeah (laughs) well should we do it should we get into indian wells let's jump right in man
0: So we decided to break up our tips into three different sections. First, deciding when you want to go. Second, okay, so you've decided when you're going, what's next that you need to know? How do you prepare for it? Where are you staying? What are you bringing? Um, And then the last category is tips for while you're there. So you're at Indian Wells. How do you get the most bang for your buck? Where do you sit? Um, just tips from the past few years of you and I hanging out at Indian Wells and figuring out the, um, you know, the tricks of the grounds and all that type of thing. So mm-hmm. um, so that's how we're going to categorize everything. Um, so first, let's start with deciding when to go. And I would say for me, this was the biggest learning curve when I started going to tennis events. I grew up on the East Coast. We started going to the U.S. Open. Figuring out when to buy tickets for me was so daunting because you've got day session you've got night session you could buy tickets to uh you know the center court court one court two court three why are those more expensive than the big court you know grounds pass um and it was like it was really overwhelming and you can really overthink it um the first thing that i'm going to say on here i'll I'll start with the first point is look ahead to the draw right so the draw is going to come out uh typically they do the draw um uh, I think during the qualifying rounds, they, they, you can usually, that's where I met Tommy Haas. Actually, he was like hanging out by the big away. board and stuff. Yeah. And they, uh, they, they, they announced the draw and you can look ahead and you can try to game it. You can try to be like, Oh, you know what? So if we go, if they're playing every other day and I want to see Alcaraz play, um, he's in the bottom half of the draw. If, he makes it through the second or third round. I might get to see Alcaraz versus Tiafo or something. You could do that. And that's a good strategy. Uh, that's how I've bought tickets in the past at the U S open, but uh, it's also no guarantee. <laughs> um, you could buy your tickets for a session thinking, Oh, I'm going to get to go see Alcaraz," or oh, I'm going to get to go see Djokovic. And then they can get eliminated. They can get upset and around. And then you realize, you know what? I, I, maybe shouldn't have done it that way some of the best matches it's it's just a roll of the dice and and some of the best matches that i've seen um were totally unplanned like i just bought a ticket to a day because i knew that that was the most convenient and we went and then i just ended up walking into the best match of the tournament you know so um look ahead to the draw if there are players that you want to see but don't count on it that's my first tip
1: Yeah, and uh, I I would say this is specifically towards slams and one-thousands because in in that format with the large draw, the players will play every other day. Smaller Mm -hmm. tournaments like San Diego, it's pretty much every day. So, um, yeah, figure out what half of the draw is playing on one day. Uh, when it comes to the day and night session, uh, sometimes you can kind of find a pattern of like, oh, they usually put, you know, no back at night or something like that. But you actually don't know until like 5, 6 p.m. the day before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a waiting game in some, in some cases if you're going to pick and choose where, you know, where you're buying your ticket in Stadium 1 and when, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, – it's a roll of the dice. Um, I have on here, my next thing is qualifying rounds, which, uh, I've gone for the last couple years. That's been my strategy. Like I said, going from low desert open, going over for the qualifying rounds. It used to be that it was, um, completely free. And then all you had to do was pay for parking. They've changed it each year for the last three years though. This year I looked at it and it's like $10 to attend for a grounds pass. I personally really liked going to the qualifying there's still some really high quality matches. You're talking about a pretty large draw. So you're still seeing players that are ranked in the top hundred top 80. Um, but the top players are there on the practice courts. So I still think there's a great value to going for the qualifying rounds because you do have those matches that you can watch. But a lot of the times you got those top players hanging out at the practice courts and you get to go see, um, Sebelenka and Medvedev or Iga. Um, and the crowd is very, very, very manageable those early days. Um, So for me, qualifying rounds are worth it. Do you agree?
1: Haven't been to the quality qualities of Indian Wells, but at the U S open, I was there for both qualities and the first couple days of the tournament. And the best days I had was at the qualities crowd. Like you said, was manageable. The practice sessions were amazing. Um, If you're unfamiliar with like practice sessions, sometimes you'll get a coach and a player on the court working on stuff. But a lot of the times it's just two players kind of just hitting doing a practice set maybe and uh, you know they'll put it on their show practice court which we'll get into later and I remember seeing all sorts of videos of like I think it was Carlos and Tiafo having a crazy practice set a, a few years ago it was Carlos and uh, Rafa so uh, yes it's it's inexpensive um, if you're kind of on a budget or you can't get away during the weekend definitely one of the better experiences you can get
0: yeah and the qualifying rounds are um, at least the first three days of the tournament. Um, They kind of stagger the women's and the men's. So the women's qualities are Monday, Tuesday, men's are Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, and the men's are Tuesday, Wednesday. So they stagger it. Um, And then uh, when the men's qualifying rounds are wrapping up on Wednesday, that's usually the first round of the women's that are starting. So it's staggered by just one day. That's how I've been doing it the last few years. Um, Also kind of interesting, those first three days, there's no evening sessions. So there's no trying to figure out, should I go during the day? Should I go during (laughs) the night? The first evening session begins Thursday the 7th. Um, If you do end up getting tickets to an evening session, the um, gates open for you at 4.30. Matches start usually around 6 o'clock. Um, so yeah, if you're trying to do evening session, you want to stay out of the, the sun and the hot weather, um, that's not going to start until Thursday, the seventh. So the first Thursday, which okay. is actually the day that I'm going to be arriving this year. Nice. Um, do you have a favorite round that you like to go to? So we talked about qualifying. We talked about looking ahead to the draw. <clears throat> um, I have a round that I like to go to typically, and that's kind of how I made my plans this year, but do you have a best bargain?
1: What is the, so there's the first weekend. Obviously that's first round, second round. What is after that, where we get into the Monday, Tuesday, is that 64 and then 32 and then quarters?
0: Yes. So yeah. let's talk about that first weekend because evening sessions begin Thursday, the 7th. Um, a lot of people drive from LA on Friday, the 8th, like everybody on yeah. in the world drives yep. uh, every year that we've gone our friends have been like, oh, I'm gonna be there too. Like, when are you guys going? And we're like, oh, we're leaving the first Thursday and that's when or first Friday and that's when everybody is showing up. So um here's another tip for everybody. If that's when you're going, totally normal, you and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Friday the eighth and Saturday the ninth, expect it to be slam packed. Um I actually think they sold out of tickets. I don't think you could get a grounds pass on that first Saturday last year. They ended up setting their attendance record for Indian Wells that Saturday. Um, If that's when you're going, it's going to be super busy. Um, What you were talking about is after the dust has settled, uh, that Sunday the 10th going into the first couple days of the, uh, the second week, Monday, March 11th through Wednesday, March 13th, that's the third and the fourth round. That's my favorite time to go Yeah. To, to, and I'm not talking about Indian Wells, just Indian Wells. I'm talking about any tournament that I've been to Miami open U S open third and fourth round for me is bang for your buck. Um, less money for the ticket than a quarterfinal semifinal or a final. You still get matches on almost every single court at the grounds, and the crowd has kind of tapered off in that second week. Um, is that what you were going to say as well?
1: 100%. Yeah. That's also like when the seeds will start to run into each other. Yep. Um, yeah, that's definitely – Last year I did first round through quarters, basically. I was there like for like a week. And, uh, yeah, that once that first Saturday hit, it was like – in. I was even there early, and it was yeah. just – chaotic. Um and I mean love to see that. But if uh I don't know if you only have one day to go like try to get away from a work on a Monday or a Tuesday, that's kind of what I've been recommending to people in in my DMs that have asked. Um and yeah, no no gatekeeping here. We're letting you guys know all the all the good stuff. Um but yeah, 100% I agree. I mean, some people you can't get off work so you just got to take the weekend and i think that's also why it's so busy as uh you know kids in school people yeah. bring their whole it's it's their day to bring the whole family out but if uh if it's possible try to get there after the first weekend
0: yeah yeah and we got one more thing here about um deciding when to go um I'm fortunate enough that my dad and I. This is something that we've bonded over. This is our thing every single year. Him and I. Um, he's he's my partner in this. We're total tennis nuts, and we go and we can, we can get there at 10 a.m. You know, he's on his phone, and I'll get up. You know, I'll wake up and roll out of bed at the Airbnb, and he's already like, "Okay, Alcaraz is on at 10 o'clock." You know, like he's he's ready to go. <laughs> nice. Like he's with me. Oh, he's stoked. Awesome. He's ready to get out the door, and he'll stay there until you know 10 o'clock at night. Um, not everybody has that, so um, our last tip is bring somebody who's never seen tennis in person before.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a really awesome experience. You know, having been to a bunch of different events, is seeing someone really kind of take it all in for the first time. Of like, oh my god, look at the shape of the ball, look at the footwork. It's uh, it's really cool to see.
0: Yeah, I I have some friends up here that. Um, they've always brought their kid, and that's how they've introduced their kids to tennis. And it's something that they look forward to every single year, and it's one of the reasons that their their kids have gotten into tennis. So, um, you know, if, if you've got a child and you want them to see tennis in person or maybe um, they're interested in certain players, there's nothing better than taking somebody that's never been to a tennis match there. My girlfriend never was into tennis. We went to the U.S. Open together. She fell in love with it. She wasn't a tennis fan at all, but just walking around, um, you know, seeing the players, you know, first of all, tennis in person, that close is just different. You can watch it on TV all you want, but until you've actually seen somebody hit the ball that hard from that close, you're like, okay, wow, I get it. Second of all, the worst case scenario is it's a day in the sun and you get to walk around and have drinks, right? And that's, and that was my girlfriend's first experience at the U S open was, you know, we're just getting gin and tonics and we're walking around and she had an absolute blast. Um, my last point on this is that all of the tennis players are super attractive. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like yeah. you see them on tv and you might think like kakinakis or like bedosa is attractive and then you see them in person or you see any of them in person you're like these are like athletes like they are attractive and it is it's just awesome to see them in person so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good shout out um uh, yeah a hundred percent i i agree watching tennis on tv is is pretty good but something just doesn't quite translate the same as seeing it you know in-person energy of the crowd especially if you can get down to a good seat courtside level um yeah and and you don't even have to be a a diehard i'm gonna sit you know i'm gonna sit courtside the whole day and watch every single match on this you know because i have a good seat uh there's people that casually go and have a great time like i said just have have drinks and uh, just kind of chill and put on a nice outfit take some pictures i've seen all kinds of different people come and have a great time. I've never seen anyone not having a great time at Indian Wells or any tournament. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm so excited, actually, now to now just talk about it. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: Anything else that we need to cover as far as deciding when to go or what tickets to buy? I think we covered it pretty good. Um,
1: well, uh, what tickets to buy? Grounds pass. Do I need to get into Stadium One? Do I need to get in? What's uh, What does that even mean?
0: Well, what's your opinion on that?
1: Oh, so what I've been telling everyone is if if you really want to see, like, one player in particular, and that happens to be a Novak, a Carlos, an Iga, a Sinner, that's going to be a Stadium 1. Like, you have to basically buy your way into Stadium 1. It's going to be the most expensive ticket. It's the biggest stadium. Obviously, you can get a nosebleed. Um, Have you sat up there?
0: No, I haven't, but I will say this. It isn't the most expensive ticket sometimes because the smaller courts, stadium two and three, a lot of the times ends up costing more for an assigned seat because it's a smaller, more intimate setting. That's the case for grand slams too, like us open Mm -hmm. Louis Armstrong and the grandstand, because it's such a small intimate setting, you're still seeing incredible tennis. A lot of the times those end up being more expensive than stadium one.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Good catch. Um, uh, but yeah, I've I've sat in the nosebleeds before. That's how I saw uh, Roger play Tommy Haas actually, and that was like oh, really nice. cool. That was that was my first experience at Indian Wells actually, and uh, I was way up there. It's high up, but it's still pretty good. It's like and it's actually really interesting even if you don't have a seat, just to get up there and take a look around because just the backdrop of the mountains and the desert, it's it's something to see. But um, yeah, if you're really you know if you have one day, and you really want to see a, a player in particular get yourself a seat in stadium one or stadium two is usually pretty good. That's where you'll get maybe a five through 10 in the world. Or usually I feel like no matter what he's been ranked, Andy Murray's on stadium two all the time. Uh, a Stan Wawrinka will go on a stadium two. Um, that's general admission. So how it works is basically if you buy a ticket to stadium one, this also counts as a general admission ticket. You're not just allowed to just go into Stadium 1. You can go wherever you want. If you have a general admission or a ticket to Stadium 2, you are not allowed into Stadium 1 is how that kind of works. I don't know if I worded that properly. No, yeah, you got it. Okay. But, yeah, it might be a little confusing. But, basically, if you get yourself a seat in Stadium 1, you can go anywhere, basically. Um Stadium 2, you can purchase—there are seats for sale. Um, they're usually really good seats. They're just in the lower bowl. Everything else is general admission. Stadium 3, kind of the same thing. Um, but, yeah, my my thing is, like, I usually just do a grounds pass um, unless there's, like, a complete— I, I'll usually wait for the draw, kind of like how you said— because last year I was on a grounds pass or I had the intention of getting a grounds pass and then it was Shelton versus Taylor Fritz in like round two. And I was like, oh, you know what? I need to get into Stadium one to go see that. So a little bit is, is sitting and waiting. Um, also, if you know, you're know you on a budget and you're kind of like, you know what? I, I can't afford to get a good seat to go watch Carlos. You could see him on the practice court. You can see mm-hmm. Rafa on a practice court too just with the grounds pass. So um it really kind of depends on what you're looking for, but uh, I'd say you're good with just a grounds pass or uh, an assigned seat. Uh, I liked your note of having an assigned seat gives you sort of a place to chill and rest because uh, on the outside course, once you get up, you've, you've lost your seat basically. So that's a very, uh, that's a good tip actually.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this for a few years now and and I've, and I've done both. I've done the grounds pass. I've, um, you know, I've bought assigned uh, seats for, you know, the stadium one before. Um, and even at the U S open in Miami, we had hard rock tickets. We had tickets in Arthur Ashe and we ended up watching other matches because what we were seeing, or maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we picked around three or something and it just wasn't a super engaging match. or We didn't like the lineup and we liked what was happening outside more. So I've been on the other side of that where I've spent a lot of money for a nice seat and then been like, you know, what? I don't even want to watch this match. I want to go, <laughs> I want to go watch so and so a practice right now. Um, yep. It's not to say that that's always going to be the case. There's going to be great matches. You never know which match is going to end up being the match of the tournament. But yeah, I'm definitely like team team grounds pass. I've had more luck just buying a grounds pass. You can just check the tickets too as you're walking around throughout the day. You say, oh, you know who's who's going to be on later? Are the tickets? dropping or anything like that. But I do think it's good. Like if you've been to the tournaments and you're running from court to court, it gets exhausting. And then you're waiting at a changeover to try to get in for a seat. If you just need a break, it's great to have a seat at a stadium that, you know, you walk up, show them your ticket and you've got somewhere to sit down. Because it can get tiring. If you're like you and I, and you're like, I want to see everybody, you end up, you spend so much time running from court to court and waiting to get into the the matches during the changeovers. Um, and it can get tiring. So I do think it's nice to have a home base somewhere that you can kind of bank on sitting down and
1: relaxing every once in a while. Yeah, 100%. I um, yeah, yeah, I love that note.
0: Um, all right. I think that kind of wraps up deciding when to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's dive into, okay. So you've decided what tickets you're going to buy, um, or you decided what days you're going to be there. We're going to walk you through the rest of the way here. We're going to walk you through what to bring, uh, what to wear, um, some tips around the area. Um, I'll let you start with this one.
1: So, um, driving from LA or orange County, which, uh, well, I've got plenty of experience doing that. Um, I've done it before where I just tried to save money and I didn't get a place to stay uh, down in the desert. So I would make the drive pretty much every day, every night. If you leave early, it's kind of nice. I mean, obviously you have to get a good night's rest, but you can, as you said, get stuck in traffic, uh, whether it's in, you know, BNP traffic or just traffic in general. It's a busy highway. Uh, it's kind of only one way in, one way out type of deal. Um listen to your favorite podcasts, listen to this podcast, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. It I'll, usually it would take me about two hours, quick drive, short drive. If you do it early in the morning, late at night can be tricky. If you can stay out there, go for it. But if you, you know, need to commute for whatever reason, it, it's pretty manageable, I would say.
0: Yeah. The 10 can get pretty backed up. Um, I've left on a Friday before and, at the time I've routed it and it says two hours. Um, and this is when I was in LA and then you hit the road and then it's just like, Oh, I'm getting closer, but the time keeps going up and I've been in there actually the 2020 year that we drove out there. Um, it ended up taking four and a half hours. Ooh. So Whoa. don't take, yeah, don't take what Google maps is saying at heart because it could change and just know that if you are trying to get into that first weekend, um, you get a lot of LA traffic that's driving out on the 10. Um, and, and if it says two hours, it might not end up being two hours. So definitely highly recommended if you can leave early. Yep.
1: Yeah. Leave early or go, you know, have a long dinner somewhere. Let every, let everyone pass you up. I guess in that case you would, you would have been stuck anyways, but that's, uh, that's awful. Luckily I've, I've never been in, in that situation when I was driving back and forth, that was pretty, pretty lucky. Um, but, yeah, you know, bring pack some snacks in the car, plenty of water, all of this. Like, you'll you'll be all right if you don't have a place to stay.
0: Um, when you go out there, have, do you usually – is there an area that you like to stay or no?
1: Um, last year – oh, man, last year I got screwed. I, I booked a place with my uh, chase points, and I was out, like, all day. I was checking in, like, 10, 30, o'clock. I get there, and they're like, yeah, we don't have a room for you. We're overbooked. And then it was like, wait, so what do I, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And like, it wasn't until like almost five in the morning when they finally accommodated me somewhere else. So, um, as of last year, it was just whatever was available. And luckily they, <laughs> they made it, they made it right. I was over in, yeah. in Palm Springs, uh, which yes. was kind of nice. It's not where I would have like stayed. I like to kind of stay closer to the venue. Um, it's, I mean, it's not that far, but, um, yeah, when when I've done the tournament in the past, I was so intense about getting a good seat, getting courtside that like I used where I was staying is just a bed. I like mm. like where I was at last year was actually they put me up in a nice spot, but I couldn't tell you I saw none of Palm Springs. I saw none of the hotel. I just <laughs> passed out, woke up and went out the next day. So, uh, no, you know, I've been to the, the La Quinta. I think it's very nice, but, uh, personally, no, I've been so intense just about the tennis. I think this year I'm going to do it a little different, Nice, but, uh, no, I'm fairly unfamiliar with, uh, the, the area basically.
0: Well, I could write, I could do a whole podcast episode about Palm Springs because <laughs> I'm there. I try to go as mm-hmm. often as I can. Um, so I, I stay in downtown Palm Springs. Um, it's about 35 minutes away driving. It's not terrible. Um, there's worse driving in California with LA traffic. I don't mind it at all, but wake up in the morning, um, check the schedule, check the practice schedule. Uh, so I stay in downtown Palm Springs for a few different reasons. I have places I could recommend. People are more than welcome to message me. I can give you restaurants, bars, hotels that I like all of that. Everybody's going to have a different budget, so I'm not going to dive into it. If you can get an Airbnb, um, not a lot of like one, two bedroom places in Palm Springs. It's all these like big, family houses, uh, three, four bedrooms. So if you can split it, that's a great way of doing it. In my opinion, that's how we've always done it. Um, but I'll give you some tips for Palm Springs. Um, if you're bringing your tennis rackets with you, because nobody in their right mind could watch tennis and not want to have to play, um, Ruth Hardy park in downtown Palm Springs, great public courts. Um, I think they have maybe six to eight courts, um, pretty good condition, not too busy. I've had to wait a couple times, um, but that's usually where I play. And um, if anybody's listening to this and can end up in Palm Springs, that's probably where you'll see me during the week. Um, so come, you know, have a hit. Um, check out Palm Springs Tennis Club. Uh, historic um, on the far uh, west side of the town, right along the mountains. Um, I think you can reserve. Uh, I think they're open to the public, but um, they tend to prioritize uh, members and people who actually um, reside at the tennis club. Um, another one is we mentioned mission Hills country club. You can actually reserve those grass courts. They make it available to the public. It was roughly like 35 or $40 an hour. If you've never hit on grass before, um, little, a little bit further away from Palm Springs, um, just outside, um, just North of, uh, Indian Wells tennis garden. Um, they, they do prioritize people staying at the hotel and at the resort, but if you wanted to play on grass, you could totally do that. um, and yeah, I mean, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in downtown Palm Springs. Um, so anybody who is there to, you know, shoot me a message. I'll be out there. Nice. Uh, what else we got here? Um, what to bring? You want to get into this one?
1: Man. Yeah. So um, I don't want to say like pack a bag like you're going to Disneyland, but almost pack a bag like you're going to Disneyland because <laughs> it's it's a long day it gets very hot and it also can get very cold Um, sunscreen long sleeves on the lighter side bring some layers you're going to need a clear bag Um, i feel like pretty much everyone kind of knows what that is at this point i was able to pick up a clear bag backpack that's easy to kind of uh, carry around with me it's um, so stuff as much as you can, as many layers as you can into cle- into the clear bag, bring some snacks. What I've done in the past is um, some like little Tupperware thing, water container, protein powder, almonds, electrolytes, um, just preparing for a long day because just you you would think like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here watching tennis, but it will drain you. It's yeah. crazy how tired and dehydrated you get just sitting there in the sun, but it happens. So... Um, I'll usually, yeah, wear like some light long sleeve just for the sun, plenty of sunscreen, sunglasses, chapstick, cause it gets super dry.
0: Chapstick. I saw that on here and I remembered last year and I was my, I felt like my lips were falling off on my face <laughs> because I don't, I don't have chapstick with SPF and I was just like, I was dying. I, I needed yeah. it. So yeah, that's a really good call out there because yeah. Anybody that is coming in who uh, doesn't live in Southern California or hasn't experienced the desert heat or the desert sun, it's, if it's 60 degrees and sunny, you might as well be 80, 85. Like, you're you're baking. Like, you yeah. are absolutely baking. It's very, very, very dry. But then at night, it'll maybe be 75 still. Sun starts to drop behind the mountains. 75, but the sundown is freezing freezing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least for me i don't know like maybe i'm a no, baby about it but like it gets
1: cold <laughs> it can get windy too it's, yeah uh yeah i mean this is like in an extreme case but uh i don't know if you remember the semi where rafa and carlos played in like a windstorm and yeah, there was oh, yeah. sand kicking around everywhere and like it was, I like was getting in, the middle, in their like, eyes and stuff. They oh, like, it was yeah. so bad. And just looking at like the seats, you can see sand all over the seats, all over my phone, which was in the cup holders. So um, it can get a little tricky out there weather-wise. Even last year, it rained randomly, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't expect that to happen anytime again soon, but uh, you never know. Um, but yeah, bring layers, bring like maybe some light pants. It's uh, tough because like night session, if you're just stuck in shorts, that can get pretty chilly. Maybe a blanket. Um, I don't know. what a, Anything I miss?
0: No, I think that's good. I mean, I wear a hat, you know, to kind of protect yeah. your face from the sun because your face is really going to get the most of it. Um I leave stuff in my car and I just walk That's back to my point. car. It's really not bad. They they let you out. They, you know, check your wristband or your stamp or whatever when you come back. So um, if you're worried about having to carry too much, just leave it in your car. It's a really short walk to go to your car and come back. So you could always leave a hoodie or jacket yes. in there or blanket. Um, uh, everything else footwear. Yeah yeah
1: yeah my i like sometimes i'll see and i know like uh some of the ladies like to come and look good but like man i feel i saw some ladies in heels last year and like (laughs) i was just like oh my god you're you're going to the practice courts like walking around like this this is i mean i don't know it's got to be uncomfortable um (laughs) so yeah wear. i love sneakers i love all my jordans and stuff like that but wear like a new balance or a running (laughs) shoe or something very comfortable because uh your feet are gonna thank you
0: yeah and they do have the merchandise um at the back of the grounds went from where you walk in. So if you don't have a clear bag or you don't have a seat cushion yes. or you were planning on buying something anyways, and you don't want to have to carry something around, if you're coming without a hoodie, go buy a hoodie, you know, you get yep. there's, there's your hoodie. So,
1: um, Oh, random question. Yeah. I see a lot of people that look like they came straight from the court mm-hmm. to watch tennis. full <laughs> kit. Usually it's older dudes like full yeah. kit court shoes, whole thing. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
0: Um, so they're, they're like cosplaying being like on the court basically i
1: don't know dude it's so I, like i literally i don't know can't if i've tell. seen it i oh yeah i've seen i saw a ton of it last year where it was like just straight up the dude in a full fila kit like <laughs> and i was just like yeah sure did he just come from playing or is he just like so stoked that like maybe, I'm gonna wear?
0: Maybe he's hopeful <laughs> that they'll need a substitute or something.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah. Where do it. Yeah, do yeah. it up. Like I love if, it, honestly. Yeah, if like, you're yeah, get in there. You're you're there and this is your Super Bowl. Um, yeah, sure
1: yeah i'm for it <laughs> it's kind of hard at times because you you go watch the B- buffalo bills or something you wear a jersey to support like when it comes to the players you don't really know how to i mean other than like roff or roger with like mm. their their line you don't really know how to support your player um oh people bring signs i guess but uh <laughs> yeah man that's uh, i saw a ton of that last year and i was kind of like what is this what's going on
0: yeah, uh, I don't know that I've seen it that extreme, but I'll, I'm going to keep my eyes out for it this time around.
1: Uh, yes, yes.
0: talk about you're on the grounds now you're there the big days here you got your tickets you know what day you're going to you've got that all mapped out um let's talk about now you're you're at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden uh the first thing that you have on here is how to get the most bang for your buck so you spent whatever that ticket cost was um we talked a little bit about whether that be a grounds pass a stadium one but you've got a bunch of other recommendations here I'll, I'll let you go through that
1: yeah, so how I've done it in the past, just going with the grounds pass. Um, even if I had a ticket to stadium one, usually the first couple matches on in like the main stadium are kind of like whatever. Like the the good action will be on a stadium three or you know a stadium seven or something like that. So um, my move would just be there, like not just like arriving, but be at the gates when the gates open because. Um, I'm pretty particular about where I'd like to sit. Um, I like to sit, I know best view is behind the baseline, but looking at uh, how stadiums are set up behind the baseline is bleachers. And if you're going to be posted up for, let's say, two, at least two matches, maybe three matches, best out of three sets, uh, that's a lot on your back. It can get pretty uncomfortable. The bleachers can get hot if they're exposed in the sun. So I like to sit in the chair but um spots on the sideline are very limited there's basically two rows on the outside court so you got to get there early i like to sit next to the coach's box just because i think bang for your buck that's that's where you can get the most action you're literally players walking up talking to their coach um it's an awesome experience so my whole thing is not just get there but be there when the gates open i know that's maybe intense uh but whatever go park in in the ga it's like uh Huge grass parking lot. There's other parking lots, but I think you need to pay extra. Um, It's included in your ticket. There's a main tunnel entrance, but usually the line and security is super backed up because that's where everyone enters from. I found a way last year where if you... And I mean, the police are posted out there. The street is, for the most part, not closed, but monitored. Like, it's kind of roped off as to where cars can go. The police were cool with me jaywalking across the street there's uh what did I list it as? I think it's called the is it the East Tunnel? Hmm. Um, well,
0: that's news to me. I think I, I, I don't think I've gone through that one before.
1: Yeah, East Entry is the because basically, the East Entry is you know where Stadium Two is. How uh mm-hmm. like there's like you know. The space between Stadium 1 and Stadium 2, East Entry mm-hmm. is on the other side of Stadium 2. So basically, oh. you it's a short walk. Once you get in through the gate, you're you're in. Like Stadium 3 is right next door. The practice courts are just the other way. If you use the tunnel, it's a ton of people. Yeah. And you have kind of a long walk to get to wherever you're going. So I just kind of looked at the map last year and looked at it, and I saw some people doing it, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try it, and it worked every time. I got the seat that I was looking for on the court or practice court that I was looking for using that. But, um, yeah, that's something that, like, I just kind of picked up as I went on. Um, never any problems getting in that way. Got the seat I was looking for every time. Um and yeah, like I said, Stadium 3 last year, for example, the matches I got to see just in, in one day in particular, it was uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime. Right after that was Emma Raducanu. Right after that was Yannick Sinner. Um, later that day was Stan Wawrinka. It was insane. So usually, like, they'll stack that, that court for whatever reason with just a bunch of matches. And that was, like, the first or second weekend. Davidovich Fokina, and... Karen Hatchenoff, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my my way. I know that's intense. I know not everyone's going to be down for that. But if you want to get there early and get a good seat, I think that's that's the way to go.
0: Nice. So yeah, you mentioned the map, which is great. Um, I, make, I want to bring up the app that they have. Uh, it's definitely one of the better ones of the tournaments. Um, they have an interactive map that kind of helps you figure out where where to go, moving around the grounds. And also they update it every single day um, with who's going to be playing on what practice courts, and you can kind of go through there. Um, really easy. Uh, so definitely download the app. Um, but on the subject of Practice courts. Uh, I want to get into this one too. So you mentioned the practice courts. This is my favorite part of the tournament, personally. Um, especially the way that I've been doing it the last couple years, going to the early rounds. Um, it might sound weird to anybody that uh, hasn't been to a tournament before. Like, why are we getting so excited about the practice courts and not the matches? Um, it's the closest that you're going to get to the actual players themselves. You could buy a ticket at stadium one, stadium two, stadium three. Um, You might even uh, get a grounds pass and and trickle in and get really lucky and get a seat close by the court and get to see somebody close up. It's still not as close as you're going to ever see somebody to go in to see them at a practice court. Um, A lot of the times they'll play a full set or a tie break. Sometimes they're not just there by themselves. They're practicing with another player you went to see Alcaraz and Tiafo last year. Uh, my dad was actually at that one. I had to leave that day, but I was super, super jealous about that. <laughs> um, it's just the closest access that you're going to get to the players. And I've been to other tournaments before, and none of them are like Indian Wells in the practice courts in the way that you get to see the players there. Um, I sat in the back corner of practice court 20 for Riley Opelka and oh. got to catch balls of his serve,
1: <laughs> oh wow!
0: Which was terrifying. One of the coaches walked over to me and goes, "You might not want to sit there." And I was like, "No, this is exactly where I want to sit, actually." Um, but yeah, I mean, the ball will pop over. There's just a railing there. You you know, there's nothing obstructing the ball from coming over to, to your side. So you you catch a ball, it pops over to you. You pick it up. You toss it back to the player. Sometimes, I mean, that's so cool. Maybe I'm getting a little nerdy about it, but like, that's so cool. You I mean, especially. Yep. For somebody who hasn't been there before, or this is the first time that you're seeing, you know, maybe a player that you look up to or your kids look up to. There's nothing else like it. Um, you get to hear them goofing off with the players. I saw her cash and Monfils, and they were like hitting tweeners and goofing off with one of an, with one another, and um, it's just so fun. Uh, and you hear them talking to their coach. A lot of the times when they wrap up their practice session, they'll come over. If they see they've got a big flock of fans, younger fans that are trying to get the balls, you know, autographed, they'll come over and they'll take pictures with everybody. And you're right there. You're, you're right next to them. So, um, can't recommend going to the practice courts enough. Um, they schedule them in one hour blocks. Um, sometimes they cancel and you, you find that out once you're there and you're, you might stake out a spot and they do cancel. It happens. Um, if you're looking at the practice courts and you want my recommendations, uh, practice courts 15 through 20, you're basically sitting on the court. That's where what I was talking about, where it's just a railing and your feet are basically on the court. There's like two rows of seats and that's it. I watched Curio's practice with Tiafo, You know, they're hitting the hitting the ball with the the butt end of their racket like a baseball bat. <laughs> they're wearing basketball jerseys. It was he's talking to the crowd, you know, asking him where he should hit it he's literally interacting with the crowd, talking to everybody. And like, that's just amazing. So I recommend practice courts, 15 through 20, Um, nine through 14. You can only view from the one side and it's only standing. There's no seating for that one. So you're looking down. The players are kind of below you. You're on like a platform. Mm -hmm. Don't like those ones as much. It can get really crowded and everybody that's kind of standing on the fence. like peeping over, you're just standing behind them. You don't really get to see that much. Um, same with practice courts four through eight, not as good of access. They're kind of on the other side of the fence. You're you're on the ground level with them. There is a bleacher area that you can go up to that's a little bit harder to get to. Uh, but the top players practice on practice courts one and two um, and three, but mostly practice courts one and two, much more bleacher seating there. That's where you're going to see the top, you know, top yeah. five, top six players in the world. And um, if there's a really, really, really big draw for somebody, sometimes you'll see them on a smaller stadium, which is where you saw Tiafo and um, and Alcaraz.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Last year, well, pretty much that on um, that main, there's practice courts one and two. There are bleachers. It's, it's actually pretty limited. So mm-hmm. when I wanted to see Carlos, um, I think last year was Carlos and uh, Dan Evans I saw that they were scheduled for like 11.30 or something, or maybe it was noon, because gates open, you first match on, by the way, first match on is at 11, gates will usually open about an hour before, but sometimes they'll get open earlier than that, so that's what I mean by just being there early. But anyways, so I knew, okay, if I'm going to try to get a good video of Carlos, I need to get there to a practice court because there's no way I'm going to see him like on Stadium One. There's no way I can afford that seat or even sneak into that seat. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, if you're looking to catch Novak, Carlos, fingers crossed, Rafa's there. It's going to be on those courts and uh, it's going to be a madhouse. So hopefully they're they're on early and you can get in there early and see them. But I completely agree. It's uh, it's special to Indian Wells because I've been to a bunch of tournaments and. Practice courts are always cool, but not always accessible like that. So that's something that's very unique and special about Indian Wells. Some of the players
0: um, like to get out there really early and kind of avoid the crowd. I know that was the case with uh, Rafa. He was on at like 10 a.m., like before the gates opened on one of the days (laughs) that I was there. Um, And he was like practicing on like a private court with Tommy Haas. I was like, come on. Um, But uh, if you missed somebody... A lot of the times they're scheduled more than once. They'll be out there playing if they're in the doubles draw. They'll be out there with their doubles partner. Um, the players all they, they kind of they all kind of fight for court time on the practice courts. So they try they're only out there for one hour. So that's a lot of the times not enough for them. So you might actually get a player who is um, on a practice court, various practice courts, two or three times throughout the whole course of the day. So if you wanted to see. Um, you know, Rabacana, she might be on at 10 a.m. at practice court one. She might be on at 2 p.m. on another practice court. So you just got to take a look. You got to look at the schedule. They change in real time on the app during the day. So sometimes Rabacana or somebody cancels and another player gets plugged in there and they get an extra hour in there. So just keep an eye on it. Um, if you miss somebody, you'll get another chance to see them most likely.
1: Yeah, that's uh, actually one of my favorite things. When I would go with my wife, we would get in, gates open, secure our seats in whatever stadium we're looking for. And then uh, I'd be like, hey, do you mind chilling here for a little bit? I'm going to go take a walk. And I would just go walk and see what's happening on the practice courts. Because in early, like, it's not technically scheduled, but they're out there.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, sometimes it's something awesome. Like, I, I got to watch Opelka serve a little bit, too. And I was like, oh, this is this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And also, you mentioned doubles. Uh, Indian Wells is, I don't want to say kind of famous, but, like, A lot of singles players will end up in the doubles draw. It's something for whatever reason they decide to do it in Indian Wells, and uh, you get some interesting pairings. uh, Like the, uh, what do they call themselves? The Quad Fathers last year? (laughs) Yeah, JJ
0: and um, uh, JJ Wolf and Marcos Giron. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Quad Fathers.
1: Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but in the past, you know, we've had like Rafa playing doubles there years ago with Verdasco and uh i mean it's just usually you can count on a couple singles players deciding hey let's let's pair up and uh you know we're going to we're going to get into the mix here and see what happens
0: yeah yeah and we talked about this a little bit this relates to the practice courts um best place if you're trying to get a picture or an autograph with the players um i've walked around the grounds and walked around the practice grounds and i've i've had players walk right by me it happens yeah. it don't be surprised if it happens to you yeah um, there's a couple places that I recommend, though. Um, first, hang out around the court that they're practicing on. Like I said, they might wrap up. If they see a bunch of kids over there and a lot of people standing around waiting to get a picture with them. A lot of the times they'll walk over, sign a few autographs, take a few selfies. Um, So hang out around the practice court for when they're wrapping up. You might get a chance there. There's also um, the famous uh, lawn that all the players kick soccer balls around at. (laughs) There's a security gate right there where the players walk by. um, And, you know, obviously the public can't get past that point. But there's a section of the gate right there where a lot of the times if the player is just wrapped up practicing or they're just kind of hanging out and they're stretching or they're talking to their coach on the lawn, kicking around a soccer ball they come up to the fence at that exact area and they sign autographs and take pictures and stuff. That's the, that's the place to be. If you're trying to, if you're trying to meet somebody, you want to, you want a fanboy out for a second (laughs) and get a picture with somebody. That's the, that's the spot to do it at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some, every player is a little bit different. Some players will post-match stay for just a few. Um, Some will stay for, I've seen Andre Rublev, Literally stay for every single person that wanted a picture and autograph and was out on the court 45 minutes after his match was over. And it was just like, like, I went to the restroom, got food, came back and I was like, man, he's still, he's still out there. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, practice courts, that field, um, you know, post-match, if you can kind of get, get down on the right side. Um yeah. It's a, it's a very good, I mean, I've had students of mine, you know, come back from the tournament with autographs all over their hat and they're so yeah. stoked about it. Like, Oh, I got a picture with, you know, one of them got a picture with Carlos and I was like, Oh dude, good for you, Amazing. man. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: last couple of things that we have here is like food, drinks, restroom. Um, what, uh, what do you want to start with?
1: Uh, restroom. Yeah. You're going to have to go. Hopefully you're hydrating. Hopefully you're drinking water. Um, restrooms outside of Stadium 1 and Stadium 2, which is also where you're going to be able to refill your water. Because, yeah, bring a container. You don't have to buy water. Everything is going to be, as you would expect, kind of expensive out there. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I don't know. You tell me if you have either. If they're going to adopt the Australian Open, you know, kind of come in, come out whenever you'd like policy um, and not waiting for a changeover. I haven't read anything.
0: I haven't seen anything, so there's definitely, you can get into this, there's a whole strategy to deciding when you're going to get up to leave, but I haven't seen anything about that.
1: Yeah, so if you're, most people I think wait um, until after the first set, like, okay, the set's over, there's going to be a little break, oh, you know, the player's going to leave the court. If you do that, there's a good chance you're not getting back in for like 20 minutes, just because they usually will make you wait until the third game, and then there's been, for example i really wanted to see medvedev he won the first set like 6-1 i go to the restroom come back it's like 3-0 already it's like 6-1 6-0 and i got to watch him play for maybe like 20 minutes and i'm like oh man i missed this whole match this is what i wanted to see the whole day um so yeah try to make a plan basically um And just kind of know where you're at on the grounds. Like if if you're going to try to make a run to the restroom, know that you're going to have to go all the way back to Stadium 1 or Stadium 2. There are other ones, but those are the main ones. They're going to be busy. There's lines everywhere on the first weekend. Um, But yeah, and then also, yeah, that's where you're going to want to refill your water because that's going to be very important.
0: Yeah. Um, Anything about food or drinks? I don't really have a strong opinion about any of it on the grounds. Do you? Um...
1: No, I a lot of the times I I would bring my own stuff even though last year uh I met up with some friends uh just kind of running into people and they're like hey we we reserved a table up at uh in, in Stadium 2 there are some restaurants there's like a, famously the Nobu there's like the Agave spot um And actually, if you're looking for a place, if you don't have a seat in a stadium, if you're looking for a place just to chill and take a break, it it is – it can get kind of expensive. But if you want to just go have a drink at a bar and not be in the sun, like, that's a good option. So it's something that I had never thought of or done before, but I just kind of joined some friends that had a table. And, uh, yeah, it was – I mean, it wasn't that much more expensive than getting food from, like, the food court area, which Mm. um, can be tough because, one – you got to wait in the line to get the food, and then you got to go. There's the, the tournament does well to have trees and shaded areas for the tables, but a lot of the times they're just packed and full. Um, they do stuff with music. Usually, you can count on sitting out there and being like, "Oh, it's the the Brian Brothers playing," you know, yeah. <laughs> jamming out. Like, um, but yeah, it, it can get a little rough if you are there with a couple people. You know, teamwork have someone order the food, have someone else get the table, find a spot in the shade so you can kind of chill.
0: Yeah. I would say the only really, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, you got to go to the Nobu or what? I don't <laughs> care. I no. like, like I said, before we hopped on today, like the food is just like the utility of it for me. I just want to be yeah. there. I want to watch more tennis. Anytime spent eating or away from the court is tennis that I'm missing. My suggestion is Buy stuff that you can carry with you. Just get a burger, get a hot dog, something like that. Something easy that's not messy. Bring it with you and bring it wherever you're going to sit down. Um, I just want, yeah. I mean, that's it for me. I don't care. There isn't like one place that's better than the other. It's all kind of expensive. Um it's not that important to me. I just want to watch more tennis.
1: (laughs) There was a a match last year. It was Rublev. This guy was like eating nachos or something. And they, they asked him to like, can you quiet down? (laughs) I I just thought about that. But yeah, that's a good rec. Take, yeah. Take something with you. Go sit out there and like, you're good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't have anything else. I feel like we did pretty
0: good. Um, you did have a note here about the volunteers that the ushers uh, oh. that help people onto the courts and when when you can yeah. get on and off or whatever. They're volunteers. Be nice to them. Be nice. Be yeah. nice to everybody.
1: <laughs> Just in general, yeah, guys, be nice. But I, I've seen a few like situations where I I left to go use the restroom. I was kind of like waiting, you know, to get back in, and they, you know once the play the umpire calls time players go back they they kind of put the cord over over the walkway and i've seen a guy just completely lose it but i i'm here i you know i paid for this blah blah <laughs> blah. and like why can't i go and just yelling at this poor old lady and it's like dude she's just a vol. you know she's not she's just following the rules she's just a volunteer um also a little side tip because sometimes if you're on an outside court and there's a really good match good players going on the seats fill up, so they don't just open the you know the curtain and then everyone just comes and goes. The, the, the um, usher will basically kind of count and be like, okay, there's one open seat here, there's mm-hmm. one open seat here, and then, then let in like the minimum amount of people so it doesn't get crowded and they need to pull everyone out once the play starts. So if you're on a very crowded outside court and you're going to go to the restroom, my experience... Let the usher know, say, hey, I'll be right back. Because there's been times before where I left. As I was coming back, they're like, no, there's no space. And I'm trying to tell them, like, no, 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 actually, I have a seat. Like, I'm there. But they're like, well, I didn't see you. And it's just like, it became a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're volunteers. Be nice. But, um, yeah, that's that's a thing. Treat everyone with respect. And uh, it's interesting how the whole tournament is run. All the drivers are volunteers, too. Like, pretty much everyone that you see. um is a volunteer and it's if you're if you're retired and just want to be involved in the tournament want to get free access to the tournament because how it works is you you basically select which job which department you would like to help in and you get like a credential and you have to volunteer x amount of hours and then the rest of the time you can use that credential and just go watch matches so a lot of uh, people even not retired a friend of mine uh she's a lawyer she works remote she just gets like 10 days off in a row, volunteers, and just enjoys tennis. So nice. um, if that's something that you're ever interested in, uh, look that up. It's uh, it's a great experience if you have the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, and the last tip that I have here is if you're going to be there on the days that we're there, come find us. Come say, hey. Send us yes. a message. Let us know where you're at. Um, Tony and I will be there. I'm going to be there the 7th through the 14th, I believe. I'm, I'm there for a whole week. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be out on the grounds every single day, but, right. um, but yeah, I'll be there for a week. So send, send me a message. Um, you know, I'll come say, Hey, uh, watching tennis yeah. with you.
1: Yeah. Same. I like in years past. Cause I mean, if you followed my account you kind of know it used to be just me getting a really good seat and recording point play, basically I do less of that now. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'm less intense about like having to be there on the court now. So a lot of the times I had people DM me and I'm just like, hey, dude, I'm not I'm not leaving my seat. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll be down to chill a little bit more. I'll be out there for, uh, you know, round 64, round of 32, maybe even the quarters. Um, nice. But yeah, it, it should be a good thing. Anyone that pretty much is into tennis, um, Instagram or not, like is going to be out there. I've ran into so many just coaches that I've kind of crossed paths with throughout the years and be like, Hey man, how you doing? It's a, uh, it's a big gathering of tennis. It's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Talking about this has made me even more excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I feel like we got everything. we missing anything else. Uh, I don't think so. Well, hopefully everybody finds this helpful. <laughs> Um, Should be a little bit of information in there for everybody I learned a couple of things I didn't know about that extra gate That extra tunnel or whatever I got to get over there
1: <laughs> uh, No, every entrance Yeah, I'll, I'll post a thing of the map But yeah, I've, I've gone through every entrance And that one is, uh, is the best one It's nice. just right, right where you want to go
0: Good to know Well, let us know what you think If you got any other questions that we didn't cover on here Send us a message Um, And hopefully we'll see you out there Tony, it's been fun
1: Yeah, again. All right. See you guys.
0: Later. Oh, stop it. Just stop it, Benoit Père. Absolutely outrageous. And this is what these two do. Just put smiles on people's faces.